Scott Cookie, why are we having a double packed episode this week? A double. You're gonna hitter. have to explain double header. Double packed. Oh, oh, it's because you put in 80 hours of work. Well, actually, you didn't. Underachiever, you put in like 79.5. But um, I'm assuming it's because you still haven't released the previous episode. That is correct. This one will be coming out shortly afterward. <laughs> It is March 18th, 2018. You're listening to Fancy Ramen, a podcast mostly about video games. This is episode 60. I'm Neil. I'm Cookie. And I'm Scott. This is unedited, guys. Let's do it. Unedited entirely. Yeah. So let's just get right into it. What have you guys been up to? Um, I saw Black Panther again on Saturday. And I can honestly say, the second time, I appreciated the soundtrack much more. Like, it's... I know I know. me and Scott were both talking about the um, soundtrack, hearing it hearing it was going to be by Kung Fu Kenny, a.k.a. Kendrick Lamar. I was told myself, you know, I thought this was going to be a lot more banging. But it turns out, it's like a hidden banging. Just lots of hidden bangers. Like, everything's kind of using the uh, tribal African influences and, like, just the background music, and it's just awesome. Even when they're in China, there's still little bits of tribal in there. Every time you see you say banger and banging, I'm just imagining sausages and bratwurst. Why? Because it's St. Paddy's, or it was St. Paddy's Day. And right, and the Irish are known for their German sausages. <laughs> They're bangers oh, yeah. and mash. Bangers and mash is UK, buddy. Well, yes, but it's still guess, a thing. <laughs> yeah, and I guess uh, associating uh, Ireland with the UK is not always the best uh, best take. Right, uh, but if, so if you heard. go to Brazenhead, which is an Irish pub, and if you go to any other Irish place, rest in peace, Clancy's or whatever, you're going to get bangers and mash, if not fish That's- and chips. Which is also an Irish thing. I mean, an English thing. I guess that is mainly what I get when I do the Dire Lion uh, food truck, is the bangers and mash. Oh, you go to the Dire Lion. Yeah. Uh, My friend Isaiah owns slash runs it. I don't know if he actually owns it. Nice. He's the... Support your local Isaiahs. (laughs) He's a... he actually used to run, I think he still owns it, but he probably doesn't work there anymore. Uh, the diner in the basement of the West Building, or Lorica, as it may now be called, on a 72nd and Dodge. Really? See, no, I've never actually been been to the Dire, dire Lion. I've I, just um, had their food truck several several times. Yeah, I think it's only a food truck right now. Oh, well, then that's perfect. Yeah, but, the... um company that's that the company right below our three exchange building they have food trucks come like all the time when it's warm outside and there's like seven basically that just kind of cycle through every week that's pretty cool we occasionally get some mediocre food we we one time had dire lion come over to a wedding planner 
uh, a block away and I made the trek over and the fish and chips were pretty good. Oh yeah. Pretty good. Um, but yeah, besides seeing Black Panther again and appreciating a lot more of it the second time, cause I could actually like focus on like little details. We also threw a, um, party last night that just evolved into a very drunk musical night. Lots of bad guitar playing and drumming and singing and rapping. It was, those, it was awful. Those are honestly the best, though. Yeah. Are they the yeah, best? It was, it was awful in just all the right ways. Did anyone, like, try and do the whole douchebag acoustic guitar singer-songwriter bit? Who and played Wonderwall? And did someone have to shut him down real fast? No one played Wonderwall. Um, we do have... One of my friends does play guitar, uh, but it was more bluegrass. Like, bluegrass is fine. I just don't want uh, someone serenading about how they've never experienced love or are heartbroken. Like, the, the polar opposites there turn out to be the worst thing. Oh, yeah, no. My only actual singer-songwriter friend was not there, and his songs aren't really like that. Because he's ever in a, a chance... happy and loving relationship, right? He is in a happy and loving relationship. I just adore his girlfriend. She's pretty much like a free, more free-spirited version of Lizzie, mm. which is kind of weird. But either way, if you have a chance, they're called the Cosmic Smiths good band anyway what you been out to scott um i bought a water bottle that i'm sort of disappointed in i know this isn't the most exciting news but i have had a pretty um uninteresting week (laughs) i uh had this really shitty like cyclist water bottle uh for i don't know since i started college and I could not replace it because I couldn't find a water bottle that I liked. It had some sort of seal over like the cap. So I bought this Camelback that's also supposed to be like vacuum sealed. And so it has like thermos qualities where it can keep cold things cold and hot things hot. It's got a little magnetic locking top. And so I was really excited for it. And then the past two times I put ice cubes in it, they're like gone by the time I go to drink from it next. And so. I'm waiting to find out that this is actually a reverse uh, vacuum seal in which I put cold things in and they warm up and I put hot things in and they cool down really fast. It, it's just kind of a crappy water bottle um, and it's the only thing that's on my mind right now. Well, if it really Otherwise, does have a reverse vacuum seal, then maybe like you've discovered new technology right here and now (laughs) (laughs) this manufactured defect will actually improve space travel by like advance it by 10 years like there's Um, no no external energy needs to go into this product for it to warm up or cool down drinks your hot coffee is now iced coffee sans the ice (laughs) i think that one technically is more viable in a thermodynamic way um than putting in, say, cold water and having it return boiling. That'd be, I guess that could be cool in a way. They both have I'd, their purposes. You could put in, like, soiled water or, like, contaminated water and bring out fresh water after boiling it. 
That's true. Yeah. Oh, then, yeah. Because uh, all you'd have to do is take the boiling water and put it in a different cup. Yeah. With the reverse reverse vacuum seal, and bam! Now it's ice cold. Exactly. You just need two of these bottles. Now the question is whether or not the chances uh, that you get another like defective bottle with this particular enhancement uh, are high enough to even warrant placing another order. That's that's a whole another question. Yeah. Uh, I I have uh, some confidence that it might be. I was telling my dad about it, and he kind of laughed about it and said, "Well, well." And then he looked it up online after he asked me uh, what the like, I guess, make of the uh, water bottle was. He was like, "Oh, these reviews are all really high." He's like, "It's a five star review. I don't see what you're complaining about." And then we went further into detail and we started reading some of the reviews and the one at the top was a one-star review and i was like what about this one and it said about as good of an insulator or about as good of a thermos as a quick trip cup (laughs) and it was some guy talking shit he's like if i put ice into my styrofoam cup from quick trip and i put ice into this guy i can tell you which one is going to melt first and you would be surprised by the results unless you read my review um so that was pretty great. But um, besides my shitty water bottle that I'm still kind of seesawing on whether I return it or not, uh, I've been working on the campaign for uh, my upcoming D&D groups that I will be DMing for or GMing. I don't know what the proper lingo is. And that tells you how detail-oriented and rule uh I guess rule focused. specific. I'm gonna be yeah. How how rule focused I'm gonna be playing D and D. Um, but I'm looking forward to that. I've been putting a lot of work into this. Uh, Check the food out. And it should make for a very entertaining time. Actually, one of uh, my players is uh, the one and only Cookie Skimilk. Hi, I am a player. I ain't a player. I just fuck a lot. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I've just been looking forward to that. It's uh kind of kept me away from gaming. I haven't I actually came downstairs here to get on my computer for recording and saw that it was on and could not remember the last day I was actually downstairs on my computer. So needless to say, I haven't played any computer games. Um and I haven't booted up into the breach on my laptop. But for I think maybe 30 minutes of playing uh Kirby Star Allies. Which I'm going to save you the trouble and save its transition right into Kirby Star Allies. Once again, we're skipping Neil's week. I feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) The the gist of it is I'm working a lot of hours, like more than normal even, and I'm having computer problems, and that's where we're at now. Sounds like you could use the help of some friends. Like Kirby and Kirby Star Allies. If only my Star Allies knew how to get me a water cooler immediately. Now, uh, yeah, Kirby Star Allies. It's coming out this week, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, what we've played, it I'm assuming already of released. What's that? What's the release date on that? Uh, Star Allies Kirby March. Oh, 16. Actually, yeah, it already released. It's That's already what I thought. Out. Yikes. 
What, what? Fake news. Well, that might be something I pick up in the absence of a PC because I actually thoroughly enjoyed my time playing the Kirby uh, Allies, uh, the Kirby Star Allies demo. Yeah, the demo was good. I enjoyed it a lot too. Uh, well, did you play with cruddy. Tiffany or did you just play on your own? I played with Tiff and my only lament was that there was not really a great way to screw her over or screw us over uh, while playing the game. Yeah, You're just um, all about that co-op, Neil. <laughs> well, it's it's just that like sometimes you need a comic like a, a comic relief moment when you're going up against a tough boss or something, and you've like lost a few times. Sometimes you just have to sabotage the run, get the laughs out, then go in seriously. You uh, really liked uh, New Super Mario Bros. U or whatever one that let you picked up your ally, pick up your allies and throw them into. Uh, pits in mario you know, did you play I, that one i did not play that one but now that you've talked about that i think we need to go visit that soon i'm surprised you didn't play that one that was the ultimate just fuck everyone over game it well, truly was the wii u catalog as a whole like i've only kind of played like a few essential games and then a few games that i found particularly interesting like uh tokyo mirage session oh i think tokyo I died. mirage session yeah uh, that was so, the Fire Emblem crossover thing with Shimigami Tensei. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, Shimigami so, Tensei. Yeah. Exactly. Kojima. Uh, so <laughs> there are definitely a handful of games I need to go back and and really give like the really give like a thorough playthrough of. Like I I still need to play Skyward Sword for one. I know that's Wii, but you know. Um. But yeah. Uh. Kirby Star Allies. The levels that they get they gave you two choices during the demo. Uh, I think it was like easier normal and then hard. Neither of the levels seemed that difficult, so it kind of itched that whole sort of Yoshi's Island itch at being like a really well-made game that's not too difficult, but not hard at all to enjoy, at least for myself. I was going to say, Yoshi's Island is a hard game, in my opinion. Really? Uh, it can be. I mean, I am saying this as someone who beat those games but I think in the later levels they get pretty difficult. And I remember most Kirby games never being particularly punishing. I like to think that most Kirby games are pretty easy in general. See, maybe it's because the last Kirby game I really played seriously was on the Game Boy. And the only time I would play the Game Boy was like before the age of 11 and on car rides. But I found them to be like relatively challenging. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I'll have to uh, agree to disagree on that one. I didn't play. I don't know if I actually played any Game Boy Kirby games, so that might be it. I only played the console versions, and they were never punishingly hard in in any capacity. In the same way that some Mario games can be, and um, even some of the like Yoshi titles, like Yoshi's Woolly World and whatnot, can sometimes have some difficult moments to them. I'm I'm kind of wondering if we play the same games i know we play the same games but like i i guess i just i've always seen yoshi's island and yoshi's woolly world uh as and then yoshi's island 64 is that the title of the game yoshi's story yoshi's story yoshi's okay story. i i, I didn't of, play yoshi's story very much actually i felt those games were just like all very chill sort of like 
I've been very stressed out or I've had a tough day. I'm just going to play Yoshi and relax, I guess. I, I'm i guessing then that uh, I have difficulty with those games. <laughs> Is it the throwing, that, the aiming that, might that gets you off? might be a personal flaw. No, not at all. I think sometimes the platforms platforming is a little difficult if you're trying to uh i mean if you're just trying to make it through a level fine but if you're trying to accomplish like collecting um say all the red coins in yoshi's island or um like getting all the flowers and secrets in those games i find that those can be quite challenging while say kirby crystal shards for the 64 you can 100% that game, and I can't name any... Besides, like, just keeping a power for a certain spot to get through, I don't remember anything being particularly tough about that game at all. Hmm. But I will say there are hard Kirby games out there, now that I think about it, because uh, as much as I adore it, um, Kirby's Air Ride can be pretty t- tricky, depending on what game mode you're doing. Yeah, that's... That's definitely true. Bring that back, Nintendo. That's actually the game I'd love to see rebooted more than anything else. Well, so while, while we talk about some of the interesting mechanics of these games, uh, I, I guess it may be topical to talk about some of the new features that Kirby Star Allies brings about. Definitely. If you want to stay in the topic of um, like ease, the one thing I did notice is that Kirby is the only person with a health bar in that case in that if the first player who plays Kirby falls in battle, then uh, you're, I guess you get reset to a checkpoint or you lose that life. Um, I don't know how it works because I didn't ever die, but I know that if your allies die or fall, you can just friend new ones. Like there's no punishment for a two player through four player getting um defeated in battle yeah they can just come back in you the other allies too technically have health bars but you're right that if they die they you can just find another one pretty easily um i also like the whole gimmick of being able to control your allies by jumping on top of them so you don't have to consume someone to use the their ability you can recruit them and either let them function as an ai counterpart or jump on top of them and then you're you are basically just playing as that character except you can now jump off it's a nice touch to keep you from having to swap powers around all the time as kirby and and as a result too like when you swap powers around, if you get rid of a power, there might not be another fire. I, I don't know any of these character names, so, you know, uh, there might not be another, like, fire power enemy around or another sword enemy around. So you're kind of at the mercy of, like, what the level gives you. But if you recruit, if you recruit the monsters or the friend, allies, I guess you could say, that you enjoy playing with and just keep them in your party, then you can just always rely on those powers and there's definitely some sort of uh persistent allies that will carry through the levels at least it seems like through the demo because uh if you get done with the first level and play the second one all the allies you had in the first level will rejoin you yep i i experienced that too 
Did you play it, Cookie? So I downloaded it. I had all the intentions to play it, and then I did not. I feel you. That happens. But I'm excited to actually turn on my Switch probably Monday-ish. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was really tempted to take my Switch to work just so I could play during lunch, but I I decided against it. And uh, You didn't want to be the guy playing on his Nintendo at work? I mean... No offense, Cookie. <laughs> no, it's it's just that uh, I've decided I may as well just work through lunch at this point. You're so American. It's depressing. It's sad growing up, Neil. Is it American or is it more like on the, the lines of Japanese? Because I think, I think the Japanese work ethic is way better than the American work ethic. At least... Isn't the, the, the American work ethic also known around the world as being a little overzealous? in productivity no i think the american work ethic at least well i guess as we perceive it is we have 10 guys watching one person dig a hole in the road makes sense but we're also very much as americans into feeling bad for only working 40 hours a week really just like the japanese some of us yeah who i was about to say i am also not a part of that Oh God! I know a lot of like my coworkers. Those guys are just there all the fucking time. Are they and, on like, salary? No. Okay. Even, so but they don't the ones feel, on salary though. the The explanation is they don't feel bad because they feel like they need to work harder for the company. They feel bad because they're not the getting overtime. Time. It's all Makes about sense. It's all about that overtime, but they have the guise of like, man, I'm just such a hard worker. I should have worked more than 40 hours last week. I'm such a slacker. I know some of those guys as well. Over so weird. I'm, I actively campaign for the uh, Swedish work week, six hours a day. I nobody, will. Nobody listens to me. I will. I will nominate you for president, Scott. Let's make Thank this happen. You. All right. See, I don't even know if uh, I don't even know if it matters, but I would argue if you were were to take six hours a day, so you're at thirty hours for the week, right? Um, that's not right. Yeah, it is. Never so mind, that's right. <laughs> well, hey, my math may not be great, but <laughs> but you'd still make a better president than Donald Trump. Well, my math would still be better. Uh huh. Yeah, so it would be a 30-hour work week, and I'm assuming, like, that's not counting, um, I'm assuming six hours of productivity. So, like, if you were right. to take an hour lunch break, you could be at work for seven hours, but you're only being productive for six of them. Also, I I have always liked the schedule of working 10, day, 10 hours a day, excuse me? Four days a week. I hear a lot of people like that, too. Yeah, it's nice. Because then you actually have a weekday that you can do real things and not just go to work and leave work and go home and eat dinner. If you have a if you have a six hour work week though, shave two hours off in either direction or one hour off of each end of your day and think about all the errands that you could run or things you could do with those extra hours. I just don't know if like certain 
things would get done. Like I, I realized that in order to embrace that sort of change, a company would have to hire more people. So just thinking about my current production and workload, it's like if I if I don't work 50 hours a week on average, we don't get done. And in some cases, if I don't work 80 hours a week, we don't get done. Neil, that so, sounds like a staffing problem for your work. It, yeah, it's definitely I, I a staffing like problem. It, it's also it's just a, a problem made of like by your business. Well, it, it's also just like that's how this particular industry runs, not without going into details. Where if our customers, which are essentially states, if we have three states schedule one thing that really like we can't change or we can't tell them, why don't you schedule this some other time? It has to happen that day, that week, that whenever, that Tuesday, hint, hint, uh, you know, like we're kind of at the mercy of, <clears throat> of only having X number of people that are quote unquote experts on those particular states. So yeah, I don't even know. It's, it's a pain in the ass, but over time. It's not really about working altruistically. It's about making money. I don't need money that badly. I don't need money that badly at all. I, Time is I money do. to I, me. I feel like I need to buy a new computer now, so that's kind of how I feel about I've money. Been, I've been preaching that to you for like a year now, Neil. Yeah, you have. But like when it's not doing stupid things, this is kind of a pretty badass work for our workhorse a xeon processor 32 when its gigs legs of RAM, aren't broken it runs pretty well a 980 <laughs> ti so so when i thought about it though like it might actually be a little too pricey for me to just go and buy a new motherboard and cpu if if like i'm frying the cpu right now you're assuming you get to keep all the other parts, right? Your graphics card will carry over, your power supply, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, like, part of me, like, the irrational, illogical, emotional part of me is like, well, hold on, Neil. You'll be able to get this up and running, with you know, pretty quickly or, like, down the road at some point. Not a big deal. Why not just buy that second computer you've been thinking about so you can use one when the other one's rendering video? And I think to myself, yeah, that, that, that's not a bad idea. That's really not a bad idea. No? No one's going to, like, talk some logic into me? I'm no, saying we're... you buy a new computer. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Let it happen, Neil. Um, At least you're in the, in the market where you don't need a graphics card. I, was, I have an uncle who's really been interested in building himself a gaming computer. This is not the time. And this now is not, not the, the time. time. Yeah, I was talking to him um, at a at a family event today, and um, he was just like, I was looking at graphics cards, and they were two and a half times the price the last time I saw them. Like he had he had a couple graphics cards that he was looking at, and thanks to those fucking Bitcoin miners. Sorry, is, is it really that bad showing. if you were to buy a PC? Like a pre-built? I think if you buy a pre-built, you are going to be just fine on the pricing. 
because yes, those are all those are more or less already integrated into those uh, like finished product machines, and so there's no reason for that price for the graphics card to inflate. Nobody's buying those and then stripping the graphics cards out, so the demand is not it's not there in the same way that it is for a like single graphics card like as the only item. So maybe yeah. just maybe this is actually not the not a good time to build your own PC, but, but it's maybe not the a bad best time, time to, to buy. buy a PC. That's and, a fair point that I can't really argue with, but it's it's unfortunate that that is the case. So, what if I were to tell you for $2,000 you could get an oh well, I already kind of talked myself out of it looking at the processor. <laughs> <laughs> what if I it? told you, oh, I have convinced myself against this point. I'll, I'll read it anyways because it's still like not horrible, but it's an i7-770, or excuse me, 7700, uh, not, not the unlocked version, uh, with a 1080 Ti and uh, 16 gigs of RAM, a 256 Solid uh, gig solid state and one terabyte hard drive, probably 5400 uh, RPM. Nothing amazing there for two thousand dollars. I, I can get you that same thing for uh, uh, 1500. You mean including the graphics card? Let's see here. Sorry, I kind of just started Googling your... Um, no, nah, you're fine. We'll keep what... it entertaining because I'll talk about more computers. How about for the same price, essentially the same shit, except it's a two terabyte hard drive and a 7700K uh, processor? Well, this one's got a 1070 in it. I'm sorry. I failed you. Right, exactly. That 1080 Ti is, uh, is a pretty expensive card when you get down to it. And super desirable. Think of all the crypto monies you're going to be mining. Money and mining are only a few letters apart, guys. I did the math. It's going to cost me more money to keep my computer running while mining than I would make mining. Yeah, no, no. You're absolutely right. I, in case anyone hasn't listened to other podcasts, I think mining is probably a a, a dead end unless you're you have a very specific rig for it. Bitcoining is... Bitcoin mining and other cryptocurrencies is the only um it's the only issue that I know can bring together like strong environmentalists and PC gamers in a way that they probably have never been inspired to hate a group before. You know what though? There's nice. Man, since I'm both I feel on top right now. I feel validated in my anger. And you feel validated that you can be both at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah. So gaming. We were talking. We were talking about video games. And yeah. Yeah. Floors open. I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say I mentioned before we got off the thing last time that as Scott was excited about playing the Kirby All Stars demo, I was excited about playing Terra on my PS4, and it turns out. That was a thing that was just going on for the weekend. It was a beta test. So I got to play like an hour's worth of Terra on the PS4. And I was like, huh, this game has changed significantly. So I promptly got on my computer the next day and re-downloaded Terra because I've got it on my PC. 
it's changed significantly. That's Could you describe some of those changes? Um, so, like, when you first get into the game of Terra, they used to drop you off on this island that was kind of like your tutorial island. This time, they're like, nah, scratch that tutorial island. We're going to have, like, a legit story where there's things going on. I didn't bother reading any of that story because why? Why would I? Sink or swim. Exactly. So now I was testing out one of the new um classes. They've got like since its launch, they've got like four new classes and like one entire new race. There's a ninja class now. But I went with like this uh bruiser class that uses giant gauntlets. All in all, Terra, still a pretty interesting game. Uh the gameplay how it felt on the PS4 versus the PC. It had a lot more tells on the PS4. Like, I think they thought the P- the console users were a little bit dumb because when you're playing Terra, it's an action MMORPG, so you've actually got to, like, dodge out of the way of attacks. So you can go up against, like, a max-level monster at level 1 and still beat it. It may take you for fucking ever but as long as you don't get hit you're fine and it's pretty easy not to get hit when you've got a quick dodgy dodgy character on the ps4 it gave you like these giant red glowing boxes whenever an an attack was about to come in to tell you exactly where the monster was going to hit on the pc version it says not that it's like you better see that swing coming but all in all, it, it was actually pretty fast-paced, pretty smooth. On the PlayStation 4 uh, Pro, it was like medium to high settings, I guess, compared to the ultra settings on my PC. But smooth frame rate, uh, really intuitive controls. There wasn't anything like, oh yeah, how am I supposed to do this or this? But I also had like four spells, so I'm not sure how like going into needing... 15 hotkeys and 17 combo systems is going to work. But, you know, it's whatevs. Either way, I played some Terra this week. That was fun. Is your character a girl? No. Good for you, Cookie. Good for you. (laughs) What's that supposed to be about? We we just talked about how Terra was like very voluptuous and sexual, and when it came to its designs, uh, not not just for the women, mind you, also for the guys, but packing all the heat, mm. package, penis. Okay. Anyway, this is what happens when you don't edit things. Yeah. Well, we find out how if, unfunny all of us are. If you, <laughs> you wanted know to that go we in, have to workshop all of our jokes like twenty times before we even tell them. <laughs> if you if you guys want to come into the office and uh, work for me, then I'll then I'll take the time to edit this week. I don't think either of us are actually giving you crap for not editing. We understand your struggle. Uh, I just or, imagine that you don't edit anyway. <laughs> that's what happens See, someone when you doesn't appreciate your, your work podcast. anyway yeah uh or or if you uh replace the cooler on my computer that would also be uh, i would also edit for that you can let me edit i could send it your way actually i mean i've got audacity what more do i need 
just make sure like it's at negative 17 luffs and we'll be fine. Okay. Is he making things up? No, it's I mean, legitimately I a loudness term. <laughs> 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 All right. So, video games. Um I really haven't had too much time to get into the silver case, but I did start that. And I Mm, you know what? I was going to say expect something to come of it next week, but then the thought just occurred to me that, yeah, maybe not. Uh, I did want to ask, though, Scott, you're going to be playing Oxenfree, is that correct? That's right. I know nothing about it except that um, I'm going to have three dialogue options, and then I'm going to go on an adventure with those three dialogue options. Sometimes you only have two, but yeah... It, it's oh. basically like you have a very minimal di- uh, dialogue wheel. Uh, so it's you- Fallout 4, right? <laughs> yes, funny, no, sarcastic, funny enough, yes. I think it does a better job of telling a story and giving you choices within that story. It does give you think- like a very specific character that you play as, though, whereas in Fallout and the other games, it's like you have the illusion of getting a very open character. You can either be black mm. or white, old or young man or woman but at the at the end of the day like you're the same dude no matter you're what you're either a jerk a square or an asshole yeah yeah the skyrim oblivion morrowind conundrum uh do, yeah, do I, you really think that i i don't want to go on a tangent so i apologize for already interrupting and starting like laying the groundwork for a tangent, but do you really believe that Skyrim um, and those other games have the same kind of pitfalls as like Fallout 4 when it comes to dialogue? Well, not the not the same pitfalls, but you're still just a dude that does things that has no character build up at all. Okay, that, may, that makes sense to me. All right, um, I'll take a U-turn. <laughs> Let's go back to what you were saying before that. So Oxenfree, uh, I've I've really like played around with the idea of having Cookie play through that game. Uh, I'm I'm curious if that if this means I should just push to have him start it, so he can talk or play it, so he can talk with you about the subject, abandon the idea of playing Oxenfree, or just have you not talk about it around Cookie. Because it, it definitely is the type of game that, like, once you know what the thing is about the game, I think its value kind of drops a bit. But, I don't know. I, I kind of put it on a similar level to, like, Stanley Parable, which I'm assuming both of you have played. I've never even heard of it. Oh, you are missing out. It wow. is right up your alley, especially humor-wise. Think, like, playing Portal, but without the puzzles and all of the dialogue. Wait, this sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, it's perfect for your sense of humor, Cookie. You'd love it. I, I just played it a couple times through uh, to make sure it would run on my MacBook uh, in the event that we end up recording it with Buck. And like, even being, what, four years out, five years out from its release, I think it has aged very well. I'm still, uh, oh man, where is it? I'm still working on um 
Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm trying to figure out what that yeah. achievement is. Yeah. I'm yeah. still working on that achievement where you don't uh, open the game for like five years. So I'm on like year two, maybe. <laughs> Go outside. Don't play the Stanley Parable for five years. Yeah. I'm still working on that. I'm on year two, guys. Wow. Holy it shit. Wait, what? No. This game, I forgot when this game came out. This game came out sometime in 2013, I believe. Yeah. Um, it is. Do you risk it? Do you risk it? Oh, guys, if this is my last year, if I make it to December, I get that achievement. Why don't we talk about Stanley Parable so much that you feel like playing it now? No, thank you. I gotta <laughs> earn that. I've put in. I've put in four years of work on this by not four doing years anything. of not playing it and not working four, on four it. years of not work is technically work, right? If you're working hard to not do something, it's like um, I don't know if you ever took a uh, psychology class in which they went over the concept that if you're told to forget something and you actively try and forget it, you can't. Pink elephant, like, like the game. My senior year, uh, exactly, like the game, fuck you. Um, <laughs> my senior year of high school, we were told to forget the number 107. Never forgot it. Sad sadly, 107 has been imprinted in my brain and has no value whatsoever, but it's in there. <laughs> it's one shy of being like a significant number in Chinese folklore. Or like a pin number, at least. 108. Um, yeah, so Oxenfree, it's, uh, it's a good game. It's made by some people that used to be a part of, uh, Telltales, which that would usually mean a negative thing, but, um, I, I, I kind of just want to illustrate that point that they have a decent background in narrative storytelling, uh, in creative ways. Not so creative now when you look at Telltales, but. That's besides the point. Uh, my question, though, is that, like, Cookie, are you interested in playing an adventure choice-driven game? Yeah, sure, I'm down with that. I've already got it downloaded on my um, PC, which kind of coincides with the news of the week. Which, why don't we get into that right now? Oh, reopening the hot pot? Yeah, except it sounded like a can of pop. <sighs> or a soda. Like a... Or a soda pop or Coke. I want to be inclusive to all of our different American listeners. It's also like some sort of weird rock sound that people make sometimes in like slow ballads. They'll go, <sighs> I don't recall this ever happening, but sure. I, yeah. I know the exact song that does it. <laughs> I'll, I'll play it for you later. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> because I've been kind of in a hectic haze all day today. Our news section has been populated entirely by my two uh, my two opposites in this podcast. Has it been populated by both opposites, Scott? Did you did you put anything in the news? Uh, no, I <laughs> have I haven't done anything. I'm really sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm dropping the ball. First up, yep. Twitch Prime is offering free games starting March 15th. Uh, it's a new program similar to PlayStation Plus and Xbox Games with Gold, which grants Twitch Prime subscribers a selection of free games each month 
they could download and keep forever. That part okay. is different from Xbox Gold and uh, PlayStation Plus. I think I can actually take credit for bringing this one up, but Neil is the one who wrote that excellent little uh, bullet point. I did not. I believe yeah, that so might have been cooking. Neil, yeah. Oh, yeah, been all oh over gosh. all of it, right? Yeah. Putting in work. Anyway, some of the games that uh, Twitch has announced for this March 15th release date is Super Hot, which I'm pretty sure they already had available previously through Twitch Prime. Um, and uh, Oxen Free is probably those main two titles. And then Cookie, you were just looking at it, and I think you saw that there were some others as well. Yes. Um, so I, you recall me pl- talking and playing Mr. Shifty. Uh, there's also Devil May Cry, the HD Collection. Shadow Tactics, Blade, something, something, uh, Blades of the Shogun, and Tales from Candlekeep, Tomb of Annihilation, Dungeons and Dragons. Are all the games. Quite the mix. And uh, I'm wondering how often these Twitch games are going to be much more on the indie game end versus the like AAA titles. I'm going to assume more on the indie game end for just about every release. Though yeah. Super Hot's been a really popular title, and it's not triple triple A by any standards, but like these are pretty uh, well sought after indie games. You're probably right. Uh, so that's something. Oxen Free was just free for a, from like another service recently too. Uh, so I don't know if that has to has a factor in in any way, but that's something to note. Uh, while we're talking about Twitch, we had a little bit of a uh, I don't I don't even know what to call it an event an a tremendous occasion with the greatest artist of all time, which is not Kanye but Drake who set records with his Fortnite stream with Ninja, the Fortnite streamer, in case you didn't know who Ninja was. Because I, I knew. Scott knew. <laughs> I knew. knew. I was there. <laughs> we all knew who Ninja was. Oh, I'm sorry. I was uh, busy, actually, this week working on my Kanye Madness bracket and totally forgot <laughs> that there are other good rappers. Or wait, uh, I don't even know why I'm using good on the prefix for drake that there are other rappers in this world yeah (laughs) and seriously if you haven't gotten on that i i don't know how much you listen to kanye either of you two i'm going to assume i from my conversations with cookie that cookie probably listens to as much kanye as i do Um, fair fair assumption and neil you don't listen to music very much anymore because you've transcended that right yeah i only listen to uh to video game music now I'm really glad that uh, Late Registration <laughs> was also your favorite album. <laughs> but anyway, the Kanye March Madness bracket is fucking amazing and absolutely worth your time if you like uh, like rap music, but especially Kanye. I spent an entire Friday night filling, filling out my decisions, listening to each song over and over and over in the head-to-heads. Um, you can find it on Twitter. That's all I had to say. I like how this news briefing about Drake became Kanye just because I made a joke <laughs> about Kanye. Um, hey man, 
classic Drake getting upstaged by Kanye even in an indie podcast. <laughs> is Drake even a rapper? Like, I thought he was just a singer. He's, he does more singing and, like, world music than other rappers. Um, okay, let's think of it this way. Just because you rap, does that make you a rapper? I don't know. Childish Gambino wasn't a rapper. That's true. Mm, that's true. Especially, like, you listen to Awaken My Love. Like, that's not a rap album. So, But then what? again, okay, Kid Cudi. Kid Cudi is a rapper, right? But then he has, uh, I think it was Wizard. And Wizard was more or less his, like, crooning album. Actually, whatever his uh, most recent album release was, too, that was way more singing than rapping. Let's set the ground rules for a second here. Shaquille O'Neal has released a rap album. Is Shaq a rapper? Well, he was in an Aaron Carter song, so... Cookie, your opinion? My question is, does Shaq want to be a rapper? If so, then sure. Why not? I'll, I'll give it to him. Yeah, it's probably more the intention, right? Okay, yeah. So, so okay, I'm, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here for a second. But uh, so Childish Gambino, did he basically say that like he is, quote unquote, not a rapper? Uh, he's got several songs on like several CDs that he's just like, I'm not a rapper. So... I think there was like a, well, apparently not a rapper, but a rapper that recently came out and said that he was not a rapper and people were getting pissed at him for saying that. I mean, what's funny about that is that there uh, are mixtape albums by Childish Gambino, or I guess Donald Glover, titled I Am Just a Rapper back from 2010. So yeah. he's got to make up his mind. <laughs> but does he though? But does he? I mean, he can be whatever he wants to be. I think we shouldn't limit people to our definitions of them. If Trump wants to be a president, he can be a president. You know, if Childish Gambino wants to be a rapper, he can and so can Shaq. And if Drake wants to think he's a musician, he can think that too. <laughs> Damn. I don't know if you've, he's ever said that before. So don't don't let me like push that out there oh who knows i'm i'm just riffing at this point i don't really care <laughs> but <laughs> we can if we want to move the topic forward drake had six hundred thirty-five thousand concurrent viewers on his stream and so did he he hasn't broken the all-time record right correct the all-time record was <laughs> held by E-League Major Boston in 2018 with over 1.1 million concurrent viewers. He's only halfway below that. And wasn't Snoop Dogg? Snoop Dogg was doing some Twitch streaming. I wonder what his numbers were. I'd love to know that. Um, and it's also, Travis Scott was also in this, um, a part of the stream as well. Mm, okay. But far less impressive. What rapper would you guys want to play a uh, video game with? And I'm going to say it's got to be something competitive. We're talking like we can have like one-on-one -on -one Street Fighter match with somebody or it could be like PUBG and they're playing with you. But who would you invite to play? Flavor the Flav, you know, League of Legends. Holy shit. You did it. I don't know if I can beat that. 
I was about to say, uh, fucking, what's his name? Played Daigo in Street Fighter Five. Lupe Fiasco. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, and he actually beat him in a set of five. No, it was a set of three, and he won. They were both very confused and surprised. I didn't realize he beat him. I heard they had played, but... No, yeah, he won that set. Was it at an event, or was it just a match? It was at an event. It wasn't like in a... I don't think he was like officially, officially in, in the tournament. I'm not 100% sure of like all the details of it, but I did watch the um, full set. It was very close. Like Daigo couldn't get a read on Drake, on, I almost said Drake, on Lupe the first round. So Lupe ended up winning. He freaked out, calmed himself down. Daigo ended up being Daigo. And then like the third round after a little bit of coaching was really, really close. Okay, so Fiasco won the fourth and the fi- uh, first and fourth game, while Umehara, i.e. I- Daigo, uh, beat Fiasco in the second and third. The match ended highly climatically as both players had won two of the best of five and were tied as they went into the final round. Uh, oh, he's got details. After Fiasco landed his final KO on Umehara, neither player seemed sure of what happened. Fiasco seemed confused as to what uh, round the game was on until he was notified that the game was over. In an interview shortly after the match, Fiasco stated that he almost cried on stage, noting that winning against Umehara was a bucket list thing. When asked whether he wanted to compete in future fighting game tournaments, Fiasco stated, I'm retiring. I'll take the win and run. I know when to get out. Uh, I respect that move so much. So when asked about the match by Kotaku, Daigo Imahara gave the following response. I would like to uh, congratulate Fiasco on his victory last night, but let's say that you can eagerly await a rematch. The crowd warmly welcomed us and was so excited. I thought it was a great run. Lupe gifted me his own Metal Gear jacket, which I wore at autograph sessions later. Uh, I believe it was because he thought we had good matches too. Many journalists and fans believe that the match may have been staged due to the highly climatic final and Fiasco's disregard of the idea of joining future tournaments. The match has been uh, heavily criticized by fans as a poorly veiled marketing ploy to create more buzz for Street Fighter V. Owen S. Good of Polygon suggested the game may have been similar to an exhibition match in tennis, players of which being notoriously for tanking are notorious for tanking sets to make sure the show goes the distance and the fans get their money's worth before playing the last set on the square. When asked by Kotaku if the match was staged, Alex Very, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, of Umehara's sponsor, Mad Cats, responded with, No, sir, it was not. Daigo would never do such a thing. Other theories for why Umehara lost exist as well, such as he may have been suffering from the effect of jet lag or was not able to adapt to the mechanics of Street Fighter V during the match. So there you have it. A retelling of the tale between Daigo and Lupe Fiasco. Yay. Uh, you know, while we're talking about competitive gaming, oh my god, you guys, I know you guys don't watch uh, Professional League of Legends, but the NALCS, fucking exciting like a four-way tie for third place, I think. Four or five-way tie, one of the two. I think they're playing uh, 
I think as we're recording, they are playing the tiebreaker matches right now. So, yeah, you guys, well, not you specifically, Cookie, but Scott, you play League enough where I think you would enjoy watching the finals that will be coming up in a couple weeks. You should let me know and we can have a viewing party. That we will not record because it would be very uninteresting. Oh, yeah, please. You don't want to hear my commentary on League. That would, I wouldn't even listen to that and I love the sound of my voice. I've been playing Heroes Arena, guys. Heroes of the Storm? No, Heroes Arena. It's a mobile MOBA. Is that one of the things I get ads on from YouTube? Where, like, there's a guy and a girl and they're getting super fucking excited? Yeah. Yeah. Anything else we can talk about that's... News related before we wrap this up. Bread's done. The bread's done? I think that's Cookie's dinner. Ah, I see. Were you making some soda bread? Perhaps some Guinness Irish soda bread? No, I actually just made for dinner um, teriyaki pork tenderloins and rice. Hmm. Wait, then what about bread? What, What were you talking about there? It, it's kind of, it's it's just a saying that's saying, yep, I'm done. Okay. Bye, guys. Oh, <laughs> I get you. All right. All right. Well, if you have comments, questions, or concerns, you can write in at podcast at fancyramen.com. Okay. Or you can leave us a like writing. A like writing? That would you be a You confuse me with your okay. Oh, sorry. I thought you were gone. This is, this is why, uh, why we don't want Neil to edit it, because people miss out on these. Weird things. Complete off the tracks moments. Um, go ahead, Cookie. Or you can leave a like rating on Apple Podcasts. You know, so that way eventually we'll have enough ratings so I can start reading things off for people. And if you don't want to write your own rating for us, here's a better idea. Tell a friend about our podcast. Get them to listen to it and then have, a, have them write us a review. That way, you don't have to shoulder any of the burden of actually rating us. Mm. Or, biggest favor, you can do both and write us a review and tell a friend and force them to write a review because you had to, so why shouldn't they? (laughs) And with this, and with that said, that's a wrap for episode 60 of Fancy Ramen. I'm Neil. And I'm I'm Scott. We'll see you later. Have a good week, everybody. I need to start a tally of the number of times I get compared to a robot because it's starting to make me uncomfortable. (laughs) If it makes you feel any better, Scott, there's a really good access port in the back of your head. (laughs) Is it my calm, collected tone or my, uh, like, very, um, like, logos-based decision-making? Like, I want to know what it is that that makes me go from just being like a pretty particular and reasonable person to this, this human is actually a robot. (sighs) Maybe it's the fact that I have to charge my battery every night. (laughs)
Hey, so uh, let's officially start episode 60, part two of Fancy Ramen. My name's still Neil. I guess my name is Cookie? Scott Protocol Booting. <laughs> Guys, it's good to be back. I don't know back. if you were around for the joke, Neil. It, it's okay. Welcome back. I'll, I will listen to it upon editing this episode to some degree and then cut it out yep <laughs> um so uh guys it's oh good God, to be back and it's good to have a computer that is not running at 90 degrees celsius so that's that's fantastic what, i what? think you just call it an oven at that point i'm i'm that's probably a better name like, for it an air when fryer people hurl the insult at you like are you playing on a toaster you can literally bring up the point that you'd be able to toast bread although slowly on your computer at the moment <laughs> well yeah so i actually tried to play some league while it was going you know while it was going through this period of uh having a faulty heat sink and it probably took about 10 minutes to load into a game and everyone uh in the, in the game then referenced holy shit this is, that was like the longest load time we've ever had and then uh, I proceeded to have a constant two frames per second, and we <laughs> lost in five minutes. But no one knew it was you. So Tiffany you know. reminded me it was a five-minute load or a five-minute game time. Uh, I think everyone knows it's you because, or knew it was me because the loading screen has the percentage of loading. And so Shh. when it took so me, just, yeah, they didn't know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, how's it going, everyone? Cookie, do you have anything? Uh, did did anything happen this week? Mm, I played some video games. A way out came out, and we were gonna do a, some streaming of that. I think, but we might still let's uh, let's not rule it out entirely. Okay, I'm always down for streaming it. Uh, Lizzie still hasn't played it. She's seen like two minutes worth of content. I played it for about an hour. Good shit so far. Do you think? Uh, and. Wait, uh, how long is Ray going to be in town for? Uh, she's in town till next Sunday, maybe? Does she, does she leave on Sunday? Maybe? I'm not sure. Because Honestly, maybe, I didn't even know she was coming into town. Well, because if we both end up playing it with other people, we can just have the two of them play it. Makes sense. Do oh, you, but do you know, you're going to enjoy this game. Will I? Is it because well, I can do assholey things? Very much so. Great. I can't wait. Very much so. <laughs> For I took the opportunity to be like, it'd be a shame if someone did this, and we got to start all over. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That is good. But it's like the most unassuming things that you can do that'll make you start over. Because you know, this is clearly what the objective is, and this is clearly going against it. But just a split second decision. If you turn left, everything goes to shit. If you turn right, you know, game continues as normal. It'd be a shame if I turned left here. But yeah, it's a it's a good game. I really like the um way that they're incorporating the split screen aspect of it. Oh, were we supposed to be talking about our week? I mean, if if you don't have anything exciting to say, I think that is it's perfectly time fine for us to go into video games. No, okay. Because, yeah, I didn't really do much this week. Um, you know, life. Worked. Played video games. That's about it. Hopefully next week's going to be more interesting because, you know, the one game, one movie comes out. 
the one movie to rule them that. all. Yeah. What what movie? Ready Player One. Uh, oh, I no, can't. That, that that movie about video games. Yeah. Okay. I I can't tell whether or not I'm supposed to hate this game yet or not. Movie or one a way out or a movie. Sorry. <laughs> Dyslexia kicking in. Why would you want to hate it? Uh, if it's cool to hate it, then I should probably hate it. You know, peer pressure and all. Makes sense. I don't. I. I'm not sure. I'm fifty fifty on with what the uh, what the trailer's been, versus like how good the actual book was. Did you enjoy the book? I did enjoy the book. Did you read the book? I got, uh, I would say, maybe a quarter of the way through the, through the book, and it just didn't really keep my attention that well. Well, then, good thing that they're condensing it all into probably a two-hour movie. That is probably not going to be that great. Maybe. I, I, I mean, when I say that, I don't mean, like, that great as a movie. I mean, like, it's probably not going to be the most accurate representation of the book because it's only a two-hour movie, right? So... No, it totally makes sense. And actually, after seeing some of what the characters look like in real life, I already know it's not a very accurate representation, but, you know, it's what else. Yeah, there are too many good-looking characters in Harry Potter, speaking of which, for it to be accurate to the book's description. <laughs> I wouldn't know, because no one could get past the first chapter of the first book. <laughs> the Dursleys. Dursley this, Dursley that. All right, we've gotten through our Harry Potter slam of the week. Uh, Scott, what have you been up to this week? <laughs> um, this week, I haven't done anything exciting or interesting whatsoever that's not gaming related. Uh, open and shut case right there. Great. And I yep, worked so we- 80 hours, roughly, or just about. So I haven't really done much. Oh, I guess I can say uh, I. You got a new computer. Well, not a new computer. Uh, I just no. He just started cooling his computer efficiently. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) hopefully. I don't even know why I said efficiently. He's just started cooling his computer. (laughs) (laughs) So I I don't know. It's already a big step. I don't know if it's normal, but I'm just gonna have the fan set to full speed all the time. Because why? Yeah, I don't see why you wouldn't use use the power and keep it as chill as you can. Yeah. My fan's on full speed all the time. It seems like, I don't know. I, I did have a little bit of a scare because it was running kind of strangely last night. And uh, like it was it was having a hard time multitasking, but it seems to be doing okay now. And uh, to to kind of elaborate on your uh, on your quick assumption, though, if I have any additional problems with it, I'll probably take it into a shop to have it repaired or, you know, have them look at it, and in the meantime, also just pick up another PC. It's probably a safe bet. They'll it, probably be like, oh, God, what the hell is this? And just toss it out for you anyway. It's like, your Replace. CPU, your chip is black. Black. And I'm like, <laughs> what's wrong with having an African-American chip? They're, and then they'll be like, no, no, we mean it's charred. I'll be like, oh. We mean it started off silver, and now it is black. I mean... You know, race discrimination on CPU components, but whatever. Uh, no, but like I, I'm, I have a feeling maybe it's been 
this has been something I should have done for a while, and it's something I've wanted to do just to have a PC that I can constantly have rendering or doing doing things, and then another one to actually have to enjoy and you know play games on instead of having to wait three hours for a video to render or a set of videos. So which one's gonna be your which one's gonna be your constant need to reboot machine, and which one's gonna be the enjoyment machine? The new PC would probably be the. Uh, entertainment system at that point and this one it would be the render machine and there enough it's at, built like a server yeah and at that point i could just i could just you know have it disconnected from the internet and have it maintain like a constant like singular point so video games though uh cookie since you had already started what have you been playing um so i've been playing a lot of call of duty uh, we've got the Devil Joe and Monster Hunter. I have yet to hunt him, but I am getting further in the story. And also been playing a little bit of a way out because Neil said, don't play that. We're going to record it. And I was like, sweet. And then my brother was like, hey, you remember that game, A Way Out? I ended up buying it. We should play it. And I was like, well, <laughs> I guess I have it too. <laughs> so fuck it. Let's go. And the shenanigans started. The game plays quite nicely the um like the idea and concept behind one person's in a cutscene and the other person has to do something is wonderful we ran into like one glitch where i couldn't actually like do the thing i needed to do very well but i still had enough freedom of movement to actually kind of do what needed to be done in order for us not to get you know killed i say killed but i guess restarted but um, so little glitches here and there. But besides that, the game's concept is quite quite fun. It's got a I'll just do a little bit spoilery uh, quick time event type fighting, and the way it swaps out between the two characters is just spectacular. I assume it's very fluid. Oh, it's like. Like, you, you load in the initial chapter, and that's it. Sometimes you'll get this little um thing at the bottom of the screen that's, like, the little Wi-Fi signal towers that'll, like, kind of... It might, like, shudder a little bit, but then it'll go away, so that means you guys are in complete completely in sync. And my brother was using... um He was listening to the game... He was listening to the game audio through his TV, so I could hear it through our uh, mic... Through his mic... And it was pretty much in sync the entire time. Like, I think there was about a millisecond-ish of delay in the audio. Oh, there's no way you'd be able to determine a millisecond of delay. Well, six frames of delay in audio. Feel better? Feel better now? Yeah, sorry. Either way. That, that was my audio nerd coming out. I We're usually not able to discern the difference until it's about 14 to 15 milliseconds. Yeah, we can go with that. But still, that, way, that's slightly pretty behind. impressive. Very impressive. It was just like, you know when you get that, you know that echo effect when two things are playing, but the you think they should be in sync, and they're just like a little bit off? That's where it was. Okay, yeah. But, but still going at like the same clip, so it was just like a constant. But no, it was, it's fun. If anyone's got friends they want to play with, they want to play that game with, you know, only one person has to buy it. And it turns out, if you invite somebody, Neil, they get a trial version of the game, and you can't play that game on the trial version by yourself. 
Yeah, that, so that's what I just death, read too. To so I'll, I'll buy myself a copy as well. Ooh, do you need PlayStation Plus to play with somebody? Because otherwise, me and Scott can play. Wait, Scott doesn't have PlayStation one... Plus yet? No, I keep uh, promising and then like putting it back the same way that uh, we do like congressional budgets and allocations <laughs> these days. I'm I like, mean, yeah, 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 we'll get to it. We'll get to it. You know, we'll fucking deal with those dreamers in a bit. It's not yeah, like they need cookies. to live cookies lives. Really, the only only harmed party by this. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> and I'm pretty unharmed. By Which it. Yeah. you know is also the perfect simile to uh, America as well. Only the minority is harmed, so we're perfectly <laughs> fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, uncomfortable parallels, but um, unfortunately, factually accurate. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Cookie. Someday, I promise. <laughs> Meh. Just like every other white person, it's okay. <laughs> I found out um that I do have now um uh, my my current internet package is now at three hundred megabytes per second for download speeds. Are, are you sure that's megabytes or mega megabits? Sorry, megabits, megabits per second. Right? That's MBPS megabits per second. It it depends on it if depends it be on uppercase the, or lowercase. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, I believe, is lowercase, which means bit, because uppercase is byte, right? Yep. Correct. There, there are eight bits in a byte. Okay. Still, that's 37.5 yeah, megabytes per second. Me. That's uh, not bad. Yeah. Pretty good. So, that's nice. I'm gonna, I haven't played League since then, so I'm excited to try that out, see if I have any latency issues um, with my connection. I'm glad you updated speeds. Yeah, it is really nice. It'll be it'll be good for all of our online gaming in general. I'm and someday, cool someday I'll get that PlayStation Plus account. I just need to stop getting good computer games that keep me away from the PlayStation. It's okay. One of these days, we'll be able to hunt a monster together. Until then. Cookie, before yeah, I make this I seamless transition, have you played any other games? Um, I finally got to play that uh, Kirby demo. Oh yeah, what'd you think? Cause I, I don't mind that. I'm not gonna buy it, but you know, only reason I'm not gonna buy it is because I'm trying not to buy like every other game known to man. Right, and then get halfway through each one. I understand the uh, the difficulty there. But no, yeah, I I enjoyed the I enjoyed the demo a lot and the um. The friending system, I would like to try it out with like more than just me playing by myself to see how disruptive life can really get. I assume the demo should let you use uh, more than just one player controls. Did you, you try just and hand a controller to my wife? No, I did not. Okay, I was going to ask, <laughs> were you just like, Lizzie, I'm playing this demo. You can watch. Or <laughs> if you actually tried it and were limited... <laughs> No, I was like, Lizzie, I love you, and then went into a corner and played the demo. <laughs> what are you doing, Cookie? Nothing. Just jacking. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have not played Oxenfree, but I did turn it on today. 
Oh yeah, that's right. I uh, I'm glad I was able to motivate you to do that because I played Oxenfree while I was downloading Nino Kuni to Revenant Kingdom. So for the 20 minutes I played Oxenfree, I was like, "Wow, this is awesome! I really love it." And then I started playing Nino Kuni too, and I haven't looked back. Sweet. Sounds like a good transition into what Scott been playing this week. Yeah, it is. Um, I was waiting for Neil to capitalize on it, but I'll just keep running. No, nah, my my transition, um, my segue died when uh, Cookie had more games to talk about. You're like, oh, <laughs> shit, he's got more to say. <laughs> That's what happens when you give a voice to the disenfranchised. Yeah, they just, they they actually want to use it. Well, why? <laughs> um. Cookie, Neil, both of you have played JRPGs before. I am actually even going to guess. I mean, I already know for Neil's case, it's yes, you've definitely played more than I have. Cookie, I feel like you might have, but there's no guarantee to that. Does, um, oh God, what's that JRPG about the blue dragon? Blue dragon? What? <laughs> is you're talking about is, Blue Dragon, right? Is that the actual name? I wasn't sure if you were doing a bit or not. Yes, it's called Blue Dragon. <laughs> I beat that. Is that a Japanese RPG? It is. It's uh I remember it being on the Xbox three sixty. I don't know if it was on anything else. This I, this game was a two disc game, I think at least. Uh, Blue Dragon? Yeah. yeah. Might have been like four discs. I can't remember. Man, I was like, you know that game about the Blue Dragon? (laughs) It's got that animation style that's similar to Chrono Trigger, that um, like Araki style of uh, character design where they all look like Dragon Ball characters. Or don't you mean Toriyama? Uh, Toriyama? Oh, I'm sorry. Shinigami Tensei? Who's Araki? Why do I have Araki? Araki is a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. That's JoJo, me, yeah. Let me that's tell so you what. fucking better. Any there, game would be better with Araki's uh, uh, character designs. Exactly. Um, sorry. Toriyama. It's okay. I got it mixed up because it's Akira Toriyama. That's why. Anyway, it's got the Chrono Trigger Dragon Ball style uh, Toriyama animation to it and i remember that game being somewhat fun but a little weird um if you like that game i think nino kuni 2 is going to be especially um enjoyable to you because nino kuni 2 is like one of the best jrpgs i've ever played and i've only put like five hours into it at this point because it only released this weekend so and I also gave up time to play to introduce my sister to it, who also, like, after two hours, while her and her husband were visiting us, were just like, we should leave and go buy that game, and I should go home and play it instead of hanging out with everybody. And I was like, <laughs> yes, this is exactly what I wanted, is, uh, like, affirmation that I was enjoying this game a bunch, and it the, wasn't just me. The exact thing I wanted for you guys to get the hell out of here so I could play in peace. So I can play, yeah, get your own. No, I was happy to share, um, but I was also especially excited that she liked it as much as I did because she's played a lot more JRPGs than I have. So she's got really like better, I think, better overall exposure and opinion when it comes to that particular category of games. But it's great. It's got an uh, active battle system. 
that is really fun and uh, super easy to use. Uh, you're able to like switch characters on the fly very easily. There's not only the usual like heavy and um, quick combos that you can do with attacks, but you also have a ranged attack for everybody, and you have mobility using the ranged attacks, which is really nice. So you can like dodge or move in the middle of uh, using your mobility. You've got guarding and dodge rolling, so I'm Dark Souls tumbling all around the place while I play. And then the uh, like quick access to use abilities and spells is super easy too. So all that's great in the combat. And to top it off, you get these um, Higgledies, Higgledy Piggledies. They're little like elementals that you can uh, activate contextually in the fight for different uh, attacks and whatnot. And that's only one of the combat systems. There's another one that's like sort of a uh, RTS top down it's not really top down like uh zoomed out overworld map army system that's pretty cool too it reminds me of sort of like playing a fire emblem or advanced wars style combat but it's all obviously real time and your strategy still uses like a weapons triangle but you get to implement different um like influence activities like double time movement speed or like focused attack using your leader and you can like rotate and adjust how you have your uh i guess your grouped military units to i it's hard to explain but you essentially are like rotating them so you're keeping your melee users at the front and then your ranged attackers at the back and then focusing their attack on the like platoons of the other enemy that you you want to defeat so it's this weird like tactical overworld combat that's also very fun but apart from that it's great storytelling um i think i've already explained it a little bit that it's kind of cheesy and maybe a little uh hackneyed for another storytale game you're essentially cast out of your kingdom after a coup and you're trying to rebuild it and you have your main character evan petty whisker something or other of ding dong dell the naming in this game is also great essentially try and uh regroup and start building an empire and the only way to bring peace to the world is to take over the world and then make it peaceful so civilization hey. Conquest style. Um, oh, what were you going to say, Neil? In 50 years, we'll all look back at Putin and realize just how great he was. He was just trying to bring peace to the world. Yeah, it's it's kind of a weird narrative like that where Evan's just like, okay, the only way to bring peace to the world is to unite everybody under one nation and then purge all the bad people. So um, <laughs> the bad people just happen to be non cats. They just happen to be gypsies. Yeah. Um, Jeez. So it's uh, it's a little. It's pretty problematic in that uh, storytelling, but uh, otherwise, it's just it's heartwarming. It's very much a like very well animated and beautiful game, and because of the storyline and the voice acting, seems to be a lot like playing a Studio Ghibli film when you're not doing the combat. 
elements of it. And I really enjoy that about it. Super colorful um, and just really beautiful in all elements of design, whether it's a cutscene or just navigating the overworld or the more detailed like combat environments or sort of a dungeony or enclosed linear map sections. It is worth picking up. Um, and I'll have more to say about it because I don't even think I've unlocked all of the mechanics to the game just yet once I get a little further in. I, I plan on um, playing a little bit more today. But I thought, I thought I'd give a, a rudimentary uh, review of it so far. Yeah, I, I watched some gameplay footage and immediately got... Uh like the desire to pick it up. So I don't know if it'll happen this week, but it, it'll happen shortly um, or at some point. You know, uh, I, I wanted to ask, are you likely going to pick up Far Cry 5 when that comes out on Tuesday? Probably not. Um, I will get to Far Cry 5 at some point in time. Really, the decision for me was going to be between Nino Kuni 2 and Far Cry and uh, actually looking at the trailers for Nino Kuni, I wasn't super convinced that I was going to do that. But after reading a review or two that were pretty positive, um, I decided to give it a shot and was really happy with my choice. For Far Cry 5, I might wait for a drop in price before I pick it up. Um, I can always like wait to enjoy another first-person shooter game. It's not necessarily a genre that I ever get... Um, a real like itch to play. So I, I'm going to be all right with waiting on that one for a little while, but I have heard all the people I know in Montana that play games are very excited to pick up far cry five. And so I might uh, hit them up and see what their thoughts and opinions are after it releases here in the next couple days. This looks fun. This doesn't look bad. I've it been is, watching but... since you've been explaining um Nino Kuni, I've been watching gameplay of it. Also, I think Neil had the question earlier before we started recording if it was um essential to know anything about Nino Kuni one or the other games, and uh I don't feel out of the loop whatsoever and I don't know anything about the other Nino Kuni games. So Yeah, that some is some a, of the uh, posts nice thing as well. Some posts I've read seem to indicate that basically the game takes place enough time into the future that there's really no story connections. So everything you really hear is just stuff like, oh, I remember that thing being in Nino Kuni 1. That's interesting. Or, oh, I remember that weird small reference. That's cool. You know, gotcha. nothing essential to plot or gameplay. This is the first game I've played in which you have more or less a uh instagram that you can check <laughs> and it gives you like yeah i also didn't mention that there's something called leaf book and you get like oh christ a little smartphone or digital tablet or something and um i think it's going to come in handy later for giving like narrative events that are happening outside of your immediate vicinity and also like hints to where treasures are located or other like side quests and missions. Um, it's actually pretty cool. Like it's super quick and it doesn't really interrupt a lot of the gameplay, 
Uh, I remember opening it up recently and there's like a post from someone in a kingdom that I'm at and they have a picture of my party from behind. They're like, I could have sworn I just saw King Evan. And then another post is like, I thought he died in a coup. And someone's like, maybe someone's impersonating him. And so you can just like get kind of this flavor background information from it, which is cool. But there'll also be things that are like, there's a guy who's obsessed with monsters. So he posts pictures of monsters and you get like small information about it, which sometimes happens before you ever fight the monster. So it gives you valuable info on how you might want to tactically approach that fight, which is really cool. And so if I find anything that seems to be useful for gameplay, I like it in the app. And if I find anything that's just like flavor information, I don't like it, but I read it anyway. So that was a really cool design element that was very unexpected and seems to fit weirdly in the universe of the game. Um, and I will say that like it has subverted expectations in a couple areas in the very beginning of the game on what is going on narratively. Where the character Roland comes from, his origins are super interesting because I was very confused when we started the game. Um, and I'm excited for you guys to play it, to watch the opening cutscene and be like, what the fuck is this? I thought I was playing a fantasy game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it already. Good. And Cookie, I'm sorry, you can't buy it. We're going to have to have you allocate your funds to Far Cry 5 because <laughs> we're otherwise <laughs> investing in this and we need a good diversity of I, I might end up picking up that game too. Um, it seems like it's more Far Cry 4 than 3 and... Uh, as a result, I'm starting to become a little more curious about it. Your but. dog can't die. I did read that, and that's important information. If your dog decides to go ham, he's not just going to get like murked, and then you have to re reload or restart a checkpoint. You just have to pat him on the belly and be like, good boy, shake those bullets off. <laughs> I, w I will say, though, I kind of want to get the Far Cry game just because I've never been to Montana. And this should be an accurate representation of what's happening around the corner from you, Scott. Yeah, yes, when we absolutely. visit, when we visit, Scott, we'll know what to look for and what to look out for. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Alive, what guns are most effective? A live from Montana episode would be so good for the podcast. You guys need to come on up. But money. Yeah, me and Lizzie are I actually mean, in the discussion right now of where we're going for this year's vacation because we like to do one year abroad and one year, and by abroad, like Mexico, and one year in, in country. Nice. You're, you're on the top, top, top three choices right Ooh. now. All right. It's Montana, Arizona, and our Vegas. I'm not going to sell myself short, but visiting Arizona was a lot of fun for me. I did it for spring oh. break a couple of years ago. They enjoyed Arizona the yeah. other times we've gone. Have you been to... Uh, I did a bunch of their national parks when I was there, and uh, I thought that those were all great, but there was also an outdoor adventure course that was super cool in Flagstaff. If you have not done anything of the sort, it would be along the lines of thrill-seeking, like your indoor skydiving. Ooh, I enjoy indoor skydiving yeah. and thrill-seeking. Yeah. Apparently. I will, it's uh, not a roller coaster. This is, I guess, outside of the realm of the podcast at this point, but I will uh, find you some information and uh, share it your way. Sweet. That's not getting cut from the podcast. Let's go. 
Yeah, I'll figure out what I'm buying in the future for gaming-wise. Nino Kuni 2 actually does look really good. I just need to find a way to balance out life because things. Yeah, I hear this game is also quite long. It'll probably take quite a bit of time to complete it. So I, I imagine I'm going to be investing a lot into it. Um, this episode brought to you by the uh, Department of Tourism for Arizona. Sweet. Have you guys oh, seen question. the Department of Tourism for Oregon's latest uh, commercial? Not for Oregon, no. It is literally a Studio Ghibli movie. Oh, that's cool. Well, it's not white supremacists taking over national land and then getting a slap on the wrist. No, it, it's pretty. It's pretty fantastic. Uh, I'll have to Which link you guys the, to it later. Good. The reason I bring that up is I don't know if we ever mentioned it before, but that's actually one of the inspirations for why Far Cry Five is in the setting and theme that it is. Was those guys who took over federal land in Oregon? Right. And maybe they weren't, they weren't maybe, what did I, I, I made probably a uh, broad statement there saying white supremacists. They just happen to be a bunch of white guys with guns taking over their, their rightful land as they believe. And we're probably um, more on that libertarian alt-right bent than maybe other ideologies. Are libertarians closer to being alt-right than like what the original Republican was? Oh, original 10 years ago Republican. I think the Libertarian or Tea Party is primarily um, like as little government as possible. So in a sense, they almost have more in common with like the anarchist punks of the 90s than they do with other groups. Except Um, they don't like the gays. Yeah, and the anarchist punks are... Probably for the gays, I think, in general. So that's probably a big defining feature. I don't know. What do we know about this stuff? We're just... Nothing. Yeah. We're just talking heads. <sighs> and I guess... Are at we this, even that much? At Can this point... The, oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Can you prove no, we're nothing. not a computer simulation? This is actually somebody's <laughs> senior thesis that they wrote, and they just let the program run every Sunday to speculate about games and other things going on in the world. Oh my god, this this organ commercial is awesome. I would, I kind of want to go to Oregon. Do Where's or- Who's in Oregon? <laughs> uh, apparently, a fucking Chinese dragon. For one thing, I can't I find the commercial. That far, now, but so. I guess I'm excited. <laughs> I was about to say, I'll link it in the show notes, but I can't actually link it in the show if notes. If you link it to Discord, then I'll put it on this. Oh, yeah. Only only slightly exaggerated travel organ. Um, got any other games to discuss before we go to news, Scott? No, I don't know enough about Oxenfree to actually say anything about it. Besides, if the soundtrack is any indicator that it's a good game, then... Um, it's a really good indicator that it's going to be a good game. I, I still I enjoyed think, it so much. Do you think that would be a good game to record with Cookie? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think the only thing that you need to know going into Oxenfree, this is for Cookie or any other listener who wants to play it, is it doesn't seem... I was worried at first that if you selected a voice option that it actually interrupted another person's dialogue. 
but it seems like it actually inserts it into the conversation. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it interrupts. Yeah. Which I only had it interrupt once. So I thought that maybe that was a fluke or I just, it was supposed to happen that way. But then I got really cowardly about actually selecting an option and I kept losing options because I was waiting for them to nearly fade before I selected them. Which so is like actually really good. Protagonist. It's like you you yeah. become aware of... You can play of, the game without talking. You you become extremely aware of like the the troubles of like this teenage character that you, you kind of feel that by being hesitant to respond, you sometimes lose your chance to actually say something in real, like you, like you do in real life. Like you yeah, lose the moment. I did really like that. I only restarted once because I realized that that was the best thing about it is it was so close to mimicking how a real conversation would operate. Like sometimes you have the opportunity to speak up, but taking it does not necessarily it's not necessarily the choice that you would or want to make. Which is even more impressive considering that this game uh, was made by old uh, Telltale developers or staffers or something, uh, which like I, I would argue those cutscenes are extremely... Um, like They tell good stories, but the cutscenes are very unnatural. Yeah. Well, now... So so do I just never boot up Oxen Free again until Neil's over? Yeah, we could we could probably do it next week sometime or maybe sometime this week. Depends on how busy we both are. I say you okay. ignore Neil and play with your brother. Well no, so you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I thought we I thought you were referring to uh a way out for that. I was but, referring no, I think he to he was referring to a way yeah. out. Yeah. Ah. Scott's fucking with you. His his fucking with you program is running right now. We need to we need to shut down Scott and re- reset his BIOS. <laughs> um, this is twice now that you've made a reset joke that more or less insinuates killing someone. <laughs> <laughs> is, is this going to be our our controversial reset episode? Is there an anime just, where they keep just saying need to fix reset? Your heat reset? No, there's the reboot. There's the reboot anime, though. Or CG show. Re-Life. Is Re-Life that? Really I feel life like for. Re-Life uh, is, is uh, sort of a reset anime. It's Except he, d- he definitely dies. No, you're thinking about ReZero. Spoilers. Oh, yeah. There are too many re-animes. This is really the issue that we need to get to. Re-Fate. Wait, that we need to, we need to watch Remind. That's one now too. Remind. Yeah, it's a live action. Remember. Oh right, a, a no. Character has to go to Costco and update his membership before he he loses his opportunity <laughs> to shop there. I do remember someone. I think it was you, Cookie, pointing me to this series called Remind. Re- yeah, I'm totally yeah, down to watch to this. Right up your alley. Looks good. Looks looks good. Not Fancy good. Fancy ramen watch party. Fancy ramen watch party. Fancy ramen watch party. Have you seen it? No, I have not. Mm. I just heard that. Oh my god! How how can this be so good when these characters aren't even moving? And then I was like, huh, this seems like something Neil would watch. <laughs> and I was like, huh, this seems kind of interesting. <laughs> I, I see some reviews that are not too stellar about it, but then I don't know. It, it seems very polarizing. So let's talk this about the news. So we can. 
get through this podcast. Wait, we're podcasting? No. Shit, was I supposed to be recording? <laughs> Whoops. Fucking with you. Let's go. Uh, Street Fighter. We, yeah, guys, everything anyone's ever wanted. We have a Street Fighter TV series coming. <laughs> the best part of all is that this is not the first Street Fighter video project, we'll say, or, well, TV show. Wait, are they are they continuing with Revelations or Resolutions or whatever the what you call it was called? I don't. Sweet, they are. Wait, it is continuing off of that. Uh, at least this Ryu and Ken look like the same Ryu and Ken from Revelations. Or, or do you mean Street Fighter Assassin's Fist, which was uh, a web series made in 2014? The thing is, I'm assuming that the the images that we've seen so far from this particular uh, from this particular news article on Polygon are that of the old project. And at this point, we only know that a new project is happening. Resurrection, the one that came out last year. Street Fighter Resurrection. Two thousand sixteen. Sorry, two years ago. Either way, yeah, it was really good, actually. And you're sure it is? It's not Assassin's Fist. Regardless, I saw this on the docket. I don't know too much about it. It's a thing. Any other words before we talk about the next? Wait, is this just Assassin's Fist? It's not Assassin's like Fist, but that's all the images that you see in that article. Those are all from Assassin's Fist. Okay, yeah, and Resurrection was a continuation off of Assassin's Fist. Okay. Okay, things are making sense now. Maybe. I don't remember seeing Akuma. Maybe. No, actually, yeah, I do. Ignore me. Hi, life. Hey, guess Street what? Fighter. Guess what, Cookie? Your favorite game... PUBG is getting a new map. Wait. Really? Yeah. They didn't it's not my favorite game anymore. They didn't let me play the mobile version. Oh, why couldn't you play the mobile version? Cuz they were in beta and I didn't get invited to the beta. Oh man, another exclusionary policy. It exactly. Could be because you're Cuz they know I got They had enough people with glasses, Cookie. Yep. Could be because they know I actually paid for the full version of Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the blacklist. <laughs> oh, like, man. how dare you pump money into that to that company? <laughs> <laughs> they stole our idea, <laughs> and they they're doing more with it. Um, they do have a new four kilometer by four kilometer tropical map, and uh, it looks like it has quite a bit more water involved in the maybe not central area, but I know that the other PUBG island with the zero hours of PUBG I've played has mostly just a coast where a lot of the water is at and not necessarily these like large channels that are visible on this island. Um, but it looks like a pretty fun map with the amount of uh, like diverse location they've got. A lot of rocky steps, some straw kind of hut villages, and a lot more water to kind of work with. So I imagine getting a boat is going to be very enticing in this particular game mode. I could be mistaken, but the original PUBG map uh, only has like one large mass and then one small mass as its islands. 
So this one right. does and offer more coastal or like more river, quote unquote, scenarios. Water-based gameplay. Yeah, and there are also the multiple other, bridges too. The other one is a, uh, um, the other one's a desert, right? So much less water play there. Uh, this map was the other one a desert. Yeah, the second map, isn't it? Yeah, the other one's a desert, or it's desert-like. Um, it's arid, oh, that's okay. for sure. And those two okay, are also so if, eight by eight. So this one is about a quarter of the size of the previous two maps. It is indeed. Okay, yeah. I never played the other map. I thought we were talking about the desert map. But we're talking about the tropical island map. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm following. I'm picking up what you're putting down. So yeah, cool. it definitely seems like it's going to be a much more action-packed uh, action packed game. The- yeah, I imagine same size of uh, players for it. So there will be probably a lot more skirmishes at the outset of the game. Gotta play spicy, you know? Uh, in other news, Far Cry 3, Blood Dragon's creative director, leaves Ubisoft, known also for yeah. their work in Splinter Cell and Assassin's Creed, and it suggests he may be opening a new studio. Yeah, so he had an interview with um, Game Informer recently, Dean Evans, and uh, it sounds like he's leaving Ubisoft on good terms. But he wants to, uh, well, it sounds like he's had a wild ride so far. In a quote, I split with my wife and then the project I was working on was canceled. All of this massive shit going on at the same time. And I started thinking, is the best option for me to move to another foreign country, he told Game Informer. So he's thinking about um, starting his own studio that has a uh, approach to making a little bit more innovative gameplay. He wanted to get out of that AAA business model. And uh, what I found interesting about this is that his goals are to create um, games that are more virtual worlds based off of uh, utilizing tools and systems for players to kind of develop their own games in silica. And so that's always cool. I I enjoy uh, those games that essentially empower the player with creativity um what's the most recent one dream dream is like that and so it will be uh cool to see if he actually has any success with this yay uh other things to have occurred this week the attempted Vivendi takeover of Ubisoft is now over for at least five years. Uh, short version of it, Vivendi is, has agreed to sell off all of its shares of Ubisoft uh, to various entities, uh, most notably one being the owners of League of Legends. And there is an agreement with, oh gosh, I can't think of that company's and name Fortnite. now. Riot and um, Epic Games under Tencent. Yeah, Tencent. Tencent has agreed uh, to only take this portion of sales. They will not purchase any more sales or try to increase their... Uh, basically, they're, they're not going to increase their presence within the company. And uh, the other, the other uh, entity as part of this buy-in is actually an Ontario Teachers Pension Fund, uh, which, I mean, ultimately doesn't mean much in terms of for Ubisoft, but I just thought it was cool to see 
a completely unrelated company purchasing shares of a video game company as like a viable way to invest money. No, no, no. Okay. You guys don't care about the video game industry. Fuck you. <laughs> well, I, I like it. Uh, moving on, though. Um, I, can't, I can't afford Ubisoft. So, according to some job listings at EA, a Star Wars open world game is in the works. And obviously, we're not going to see it from years out. But I kind of just wanted to take some time to speculate. Like, what would actually be... A cool setting for this now that we have three generations worth of Star Wars content in world three generations. And by, the, and by the time this comes out, we'll have even more places to visit because we'll have Solo, a Star Wars film. When does that release, Cookie? Not soon enough, maybe. I'm not sure. Um,. But my thoughts on an open world game set in the Star Wars universe would just be Deep Space 69. What? What is Deep Space? Excuse me. What's Deep Space 69? Deep Deep Space 69 is a cartoon that is about pretty much just a bard, a guy who drives a space bus and just has sex all the time. And it turns out it's based on the Star Wars universe. With his koala friend? With his koala friend. It's it's kind of wonderful. Like, he ends up sleeping with Leia when she just turns 18. And she goes to the dark side in this universe, though. It's fun times. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> Interesting. But um, let's see. Star Wars open world game. When I when I first heard about this, my first thought was EA needs to make up its mind on what it wants its Star Wars games to be, because we almost had that really cool story narrative driven Star Wars game that'll never be. And we got the now actually revamped. Um, oh God, that Star Wars game that came out that no one wanted to play because it was terrible progression system. Battlefront two. Yeah. Battlefront 2's been revamped to now be everything that you buy is just cosmetic now. So all the shit's unlocked. So poor those guys who paid all that money to unlock all the shit. Yep. yep. They don't care. They wanted to throw away that money. Yep. But I'm thinking an open world Star Wars game, we're just going to get... um. Oh, God. That one game that I was really excited for, that open-world space game where it was procedurally generated. Actually, they're just going to make Qatar. Qatar. Um, oh. Nice of the Old Republic. You're talking about um, No Man's Sky. Yeah. That game. I'm, I'm Rest in peace. Super, I'm pretty curious. Like, I feel like the time zone that they put it put this game in determines a lot about what you'd probably be able to do within it. And maybe maybe I'm like too uh too assumptuous, but I think that an open world game kind of necessitates having a lot of different like mini games or different activities other than shooting people. I, I'm assuming that makes sense. Like the the one thing I could get behind is if this game is basically a Han Solo game. 
except you're not Han Solo, but you're like a smuggler. I'd be happy with this. You know, just a Grand Theft Auto Star Wars. <laughs> that doesn't sound too bad, actually. Uh, and our last bit of news for the day. You can get the Hitman level Sapienza for free on PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. Just a quick heads up, if you haven't played Hitman, go out, play it. It's pretty fun. And Sapienza is a pretty interesting yeah. level, too. And if you have not played Hitman, I believe just downloading the Sapienza level on the PS4 version actually gets you the full game. But I could be wrong because they definitely just gave away that Hitman game for free on PS4 a while ago. I've got it downloaded. I haven't played it yet. Oh, I didn't realize they did that on PlayStation Plus. Mm -hmm. Shit, that's. I don't think it was a PlayStation Plus. I think that was just like on PlayStation 4 they gave away the game for free. Interesting. That's a pretty fucking fun game. Yeah, it was like a few months after they actually after the game actually came out, they were just like, "Yeah, fuck it, it's free." Hmm, interesting. For a little bit. But um I haven't had a chance to play it. I kind of want to. And after downloading the Sapienza level and actually seeing that, "Oh yeah, it's downloading the full game of Hitman." Cool. I think I'll actually play this. Well, so so maybe I won't be buying Nino Kune. So it's episodic. So they might you might download everything, but not actually have it unlocked. But we'll touch on that uh, maybe next week. Possibly. Who knows? Until then, I'm Cookie. I'm Neil, and I'm Scott. Powering down. <laughs> Wait, were we actually trying to end the episode? <laughs> oh, and uh, well, before we let you guys go. Uh, podcast at fancyramen.com if you have questions, comments, concerns, etc. Do it, Scott. Do it. Scott, activate program end episode. Also, try and leave us a uh, like or review on Apple Podcasts, but most importantly, please go ahead and share our podcast with other people. It's the best way for us to get new listeners, and that also helps with those likes and those reviews. All right, Scott, we can't pay for this much processing power. Please shut down again.